0: What's up, everybody? It's Sam and Wick with the Dukes of Blather. As always, we're brought to you by the fine folks at Dominicus Clinic in Woodstock, Georgia. They offer hope to patients with major depressive disorders, postpartum depression, bipolar depression, OCD, PTSD, and severe anxiety. Severe depression takes a huge toll on your everyday life, and ketamine therapy offers a chance to find hope again. Many patients have tried numerous oral medications, but have found little to no relief, as well as difficult to tolerate side effects. Ketamine treatment is highly effective and safe. It's time to get off harmful medications and start living again. If you're in pain, get help from the Evidicus Clinic in Woodstock, Georgia. Get more information of this treatment is right for you at 770-850-1042 or visit the website, www.theevidicusclinic.com. We're Dukes of Blather and Wicks here. Hello, sir. How are you? Damn decent, sir. How are you? You're always damn decent. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And, and, and an ever changing world to 2021 and all the madness. Being damn good is a good thing to be.
1: I, I, I don't mean to diminish anybody else's suffering, but I didn't find last year as rough as I think some people did.
0: 2020? Yeah. You know, other, I, I mean, I, I wasn't, uh, you know, knock on wood, I wasn't, I wasn't connected to anyone who really had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't, I did not um, luckily experience any losses or anything like that. I do know people that dealt with it. Uh, I think I had a little bout with it, but my wife says, you're just overreacting. You're so dramatic. So probably did not have it, but I think I did. I feel pretty confident in that. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't deal with any serious results of COVID. Of course, you see the numbers and they're really scary. But um, I got to kind of agree with you. You know, I've gotten really fortunate that, uh, um, you know, I think on a, on a light scale, because we never take anything too serious here. On a light scale, I was just happy that football was on. And uh, I was really nervous because of basketball getting canceled. You know, Sweet 16, I like to bet on that. Yeah, that's um,
1: canceled and that was a a bummer, but
0: yeah, but I thought football was going to be the next thing, and uh, lo and behold, you know, we had football, so I'm not really here to complain too much. I mean, we got through the season, that's kind of my big thing, and I think it helped people find a little bit of normal, uh, in their lives, you know, having football back on, so that you know, I mean, you know, work, yeah, I mean, uh,
1: I, you know, who am I if the Falcons aren't. Uh, at the bottom of the division
0: right if they're not sucking it up i actually misread yesterday i don't know why i guess i guess i guess media people and social media news sites and things like that have to be really creative with their titles of their stories because i i swear last night i'm looking through google news on my phone i've got a google uh pixel that i that i actually got and uh so i get google news like read you know pretty steadily and I was saying Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons got traded to the to the Bears in a blockbuster deal, and I was like, "Holy what? crap, dude! This is amazing!" I open it up. I'm telling my wife, "I'm like, Matt Ryan got traded from the Atlanta Falcons. That's insane, you know?" Because Matt Stafford got traded yesterday. Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa, this is insane!" And then I read it, and I open it up, and I'm reading, it, I'm reading. It. Now that was the title until I got to the first paragraph that said. If the Chicago Bears were to trade for Matt Ryan, it would be one of these blockbuster deals. And I'm like, wait a minute!
1: Oh, oh, oh no! Man. No
0: no no! You know, you, know what I mean? you just totally like tricked me into like believing this. And I told actual people that this happened. Like, I was like, oh my god! You know, Matt Ryan got traded. You know, what did he get traded? And I was like, this is crazy. Uh, come to turn, you know. They were just bullshitting me to get me to read the article, which I didn't. I immediately closed it because i was so angry. Um, I just hate being tricked like that. But anyway, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what? I just enjoy, I just enjoy football. I just really enjoy it. I enjoy the sport. I enjoy the game
1: ever conceived.
0: Yeah. I enjoy the time of year and, and when it goes down and, you know, listen, I know serious things have happened, but we can't be serious all the time. I think that's part of the problem right now and 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 it's funny wick i was on facebook yesterday and i'm part of this group uh, you know i'm a generation Xer, as you are and i was part i'm part of this group on facebook which brings great joy to me which is um you know kids of the 80s and you know a lot of like like groups that are based around 80s so they'll post a lot of like 80s commercials or ads from toys r us or storylines or something like that And it's always fun and there was a guy that was on there who said, literally, he goes, uh, I was born in 2000, and I joined this page because I get great enjoyment out of watching people who, were, who grew up in the 80s uh, reminisce about the times. And I'm just curious, was it really that great? And I've seen this posted on two or three things. I think I saw it on a YouTube comment. Where I'd commented on something on Batman with, um, God, the original Batman with Michael Keaton. And somebody had written the same thing. God, you guys had so much fun back then. Was it really like that? And I had to stop because I've been seeing these questions. I'm hoping that millennials and, you know, maybe even, what are they, Generation Z? Mm, and now Alpha. Alpha, Alpha, whatever. I mean, you young guys out there that probably don't listen to the show, but maybe do. Uh, we're probably used as uh, ways to keep people laughing. Probably genera- Probably the millennials use us for uh, humor. But anyway. Because um, we're hilarious. We are hilarious. And I said, uh, so there was a lot of comments about that. And I'm kind of wondering if like, you know, millennials and, and Generation Z and all that stuff, if they're actually starting to reach out because now they're kind of over it. You know, maybe they're trying to learn a little bit more about the 80s and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I Wick, it's like and I sat down at the, I sat down on the on the the guy with the Facebook comment. I sat down and I actually typed out some things, and I was like, you know what I said it's 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 not it's it was more fun by far, but I think we just in the eighties we had this era about us where we were coming up on consumerism, electronics were exploding. Uh, you know, we were getting J- you were getting video recorders, like the video. We were able to videotape events. Um, we had games Ugh. coming out. We had this new thing called neon colors, <laughs> neon pink, neon blue. Everything uh, had shoulder pads. Everything had shoulder pads. We had new fashion. The uh, that was starting to come triangle. Out. Yeah. You used to roll your jeans up, but we had new fashion pegged skateboarding. Them. You pegged them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I used to safety pin mine. And then uh, uh, we had skateboarding had started to take it off. BMXing was taken off. We had new kind of things to, the movies were not very serious. Um, nobody had a whole lot of political, real true agenda. Everybody kind of got along politically, or they kept it to themselves. And I was like, you know, I, I just think that it was a different attitude. Like when you had to go get, uh, when you wanted to buy an album uh, from, some, from a band, you had to go to a specialty store. You had to go to the record store and buy a record yeah. or a tape or a CD. If you wanted clothing wick, you had to go to a clothing store and buy clothing items. Like, And that's where the mall became so popular. If you wanted to play video games, you had to go to the arcade. Like, if you wanted to buy computer programs, you know, like Oregon's Trail or some kind of floppy disk, you had to go to Babbage's to uh, go Key buy Quest. those things. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like you had to go specialty stores that specialize in these things. Like the box stores of Walmart were not taking off quite yet. And so I, th- I told him, I said, you know, I think we were just a lot more social because when we had to go do things, we were all going to places in social growth and gatherings to get items that we needed or, you know, whatever. Now everybody does those things online or even before that they went to like a big box store, like a Walmart and got everything that they needed. People still do that now. But I think that there was a lot of being out and about and crossing different types of people when you were out and being a lot more social. And I don't, and I said, you know, I don't know that, it, I, I don't know that it was more fun, but at the same time, I think it was just a simple situation where we had our head in the sand a little bit. We were really getting hit by a lot of things. It was over stimulation, right? I mean, video games, Nintendo, the power glove. I mean, you pick anything. Glove. Anything <laughs> that was going on at that moment and it and it went it went to the extreme.
1: I have one of know? those now. It's for a completely different reason. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Um, uh, it's a, it's your worm catcher but yeah um, people you know people people everything was going moving so fast uh, you know Nintendo came out then there was this game and then there was this attachment and all this and toys were having this huge explosion and we were having cartoons uh, Saturdays were just loaded with cartoons and cartoons after school and it just was really a lot of over- overstimulation and I think it made us less... I think it made us more carefree. I think it made us more aloof about society and things that are going on that it'll be okay. It'll kind of work out because I just don't think that we had time to focus on all the problems. And I said, you know, this is what I hate for your generation is that, you know, from about the 2000s on, you know, and I feel like the show is a a millennial bashing show and it's not, but it's like, you, you kind of have to be aware that. You know, in the time that you're growing up from 2000 to 2020, um, the only thing that you have to really lose yourself in is what's going on around you. And at the time for us, it was neon color skateboards, uh, E.T., you know, uh, wasp, Ozzy, an and all this other mm-hmm, stuff yes. or or, or Paul Abdul or whatever you were into and then Saved by the bell like we were absorbing things that were made customized for us to keep us entertained so that we spent money on things. Yeah. Um you know consumerism was was the engine turning the 80s and you know wicker shoes and Miami Vice and all these things. And it, if it wasn't one thing it was something else. And I think now it's just like all that's so miss is it's missing so much from these younger generations that they almost look at us in awe that it's like, how did, you know, what was it like? What was it like to live back then? And, and, you know, it's like, it's not like we were in the civil war. I mean, it's not like we were, we were fighting <laughs> over the bridge in the American revolution. I mean, we weren't doing anything crazy. It just was, what was wrong really like? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. You know, what was it like to live under Reagan's trickle-down economy? Like, it, it just was like, you know, I, I mean, we just had so much stimulation that I don't think we had time to think about problems. Our biggest problems was our were girlfriends or boyfriends, uh, a best friend being angry at us, uh, parents fighting with you about your homework. And now it just seems like everything's gotten way too serious. And maybe they look at us and say, You guys, you know, put your head in the sand for so long and now we're in this situation because of you and maybe that's true, but you know, at the same time, I think life's hard and it's okay to put your head in the sand a little bit when you're young and I hate that. It just feels like when I'm getting asked these questions or I see these questions on Facebook more often from younger people that it's, it's amazing that the eighties are so interesting to them because it just seemed like it was party time, which it was, but I feel bad that that these guys now have to take everything so serious.
1: Yeah. They're getting like dragged into adulthood at a a rapid rate. It seems.
0: Yeah. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It seems like they kind of adopt the political, they, 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 they they adopt identity. I think that's, that's probably something that we can hit on right here. Wig as I think when you're young, you adopt identities around you. Now Mm -hmm. it can't, it won't always be your parents. Right. You might do- adopt the identity of a heavy metal headbanger back then. You might adopt the identity of somebody who's into pop and um, new and, and new, new, uh, uh, what they call it, new wave. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you may adopt being a BMX rider. You might adopt being a skateboarder. You might adopt being a punk rocker. Like we as young people, we do tend to absorb things that we're interested in. I mean, there are some people that absorbed being interested in video games, you know, and, and, you know, I remember when war games came out with uh, Matthew Broderick and a lot of people became math, you know, became a computer PC game wizards, you know, that became a thing. And I just think that when you're young, you absorb, and when you don't have good substance to absorb, to sustain you in a state of, you know, aloofness. You start, to, you start to absorb the news. You start to absorb your parents' political opinions. You start to absorb your teacher's political opinions. You start to absorb everything that everybody's talking about and whatever movement's happening at the moment. And I think it's, it's a really kind of a lost generation that I don't think they realize how much they've missed out on. Uh,
1: I think that's uh, mostly true, but uh, nostalgia can be very dangerous, too because you know how everything turned out i think in the if you remember in the in the 80s you know there were 60s nostalgia
0: yeah
1: you know and uh, there was kind of like a uh uh of the doors and uh, the monkeys if you remember that like MTV. they came back pretty strong because they were on mtv i think when i was fifth or sixth grade
0: it makes me wonder if we'll see an eighties renewal, you know, that that there'll be a general interest in the eighties society and eighties and consumerism and, and people will just be get tired of being so serious and having to stand up for all these things and having to fight over little like I wonder if they'll figure out there's no way to win these battles because what we're seeing now is you know, battles being picked over everything. And you can't win them. You can't win them all. And we're going to talk about one tonight. But, I mean, you can't win all these battles. Um, And, you know, I I just wonder, is there a point as we go forward where where young people realize, you know what, I can't win these battles. I just don't want to give a shit anymore. And, And, I mean, not in a bad way where I just want to jump off a roof, but I just want to have fun. And I want to be young. I wonder if there's going to be a generation that's coming that's going to say, you know what? I don't want to take all this serious. I don't want to be in this situation. I want to be a kid and I want to enjoy the fun stuff going on. And I don't want to be socially aware about the environment and scared to death. I don't want to live in fear. I want to rebel in a way that makes me feel like I'm, I'm rebelling in the right healthy way. I, th- I think
1: it's already happening. You think so? Yeah. you think of all the, uh, the riots over the summer and uh, in in terms of rebellion,
0: yeah, I wonder if we're heading for burnout. I guess you can you can only be so serious for so long, especially when you're young. I think before you go, kind of looking and stalking for the next thing to do, you know that maybe is not as serious. I think it. I think it feels cool to be serious and be woke, but I think also there's a part of that where you know you don't really understand the world totally and how it works and how screwed up it really is. You know, you don't understand the rules so much and these unsaid and un- unknowing rules that happen that are, are, you know, are hard to understand when you're young. But, you know, not that... I don't, think,
1: the, I don't think an explosion like that is going to ha- is likely to happen again. Uh, I don't think the economic um, components are there to uh to infiltrate the media uh in terms of you know programming and advertising and marketing and i just i don't think um i don't think anybody has that kind of discretionary income anymore to be able yeah um for uh you know the forces that be to kind of curate an environment for that
0: well, and you kind of seeing that too with this whole—I don't know if you've been catching up or been reading uh, on this Reddit thing where they're disrupting Wall Street and investing in. Dying. Yeah, this is that's. <laughs> I'm dumb enough. I did it. I I did it. I I became an investor this week because I was like, you know what? And GameStop. No, no, I couldn't get in on GameStop. Yeah, they froze it, didn't they? Yeah, they did freeze it. Um, but I did buy into AMC, which I kind of like. Because I do think once this COVID thing slows down, God willing, it will, that, you know, people will be dying to go back to the movies. And, you know, there's going to be movies that I know that are probably, I think think once this clears out, we're going to see, and the movies are safe to kind of go back to again. I think you're going to see an explosion of of movies coming out because they're probably backloaded on releases. And they're like, shit, just hammer this stuff out. Get it out there. Make some money on it. And I think there's going to be kind of an overwhelming load of movies that are going to come out. And I kind of think AMC is not a bad stock to buy in, but that was one of them. I got on the Reddit, WallStreetBets.com, uh, you know, Bets Reddit, and, you know, I was like, hey, man, I want to get on this revolution. You know, I, I want to tell WallStreet to stick it. And so I did yeah. like some, stocks, some stocks. but I think everybody's I think
1: kind of coalescing around that. I don't think, uh, I think it's almost apolitical. Which is a good
0: thing. Yeah, I do too. I I think it is. I think it's good. I think people are now because you're screwing um, over
1: the hedge funds. Which I mean, short selling. I mean,
0: it's just it's one. It's kind of a it's
1: kind of a dubious strategy to begin with.
0: Well, it's this thing where how long have we been living with billion billionaires and people who own all these you know hedge fund companies and businesses and manage these hedge funds where they're manipulating the market by buying and selling things at large large amounts anyway and they're betting on businesses to fail good yeah. for you know good for Reddit on now, bor- and, and borrowed on borrowed money right right and yeah. and they get to control the market and they get to tell you when you make money in your 401k and when you don't and i think it's good i think it, i think it's a good thing for for people to come together and actually kind of show them up and cause them to lose a little bit of money like they've caused others to lose money but you know but
1: now I think uh, GameStop is probably massively overvalued.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that stock okay, so the stock price I think was three hundred something dollars. It literally should be around fifteen dollars at the yeah, moment. Yeah, it was like
1: four dollars last year.
0: <laughs> yeah. And even at that, I was talking to a friend who who does this stuff, and he was like, "Even at four dollars, it was overvalued." But I was like, "Listen, you know, like here's my problem with it. I mean, with GameStop, you know, even if you're not into the you know the the stock market thing, we're not going to do that because it's not really our forte." But you know, even with GameStop, I mean, if you go in there, you're buying. They they don't give you crap for your used games when you go in and sell them. They're selling new games for what you can pay for them at Walmart, sometimes more. And even when they resell the used games, they're overpriced. I mean, this yeah. kind of we saw this again in the '90s with the, you know, um, CD uh, trade-in business where you could go. Back then, we had these big, you know, folders. Wick still has his, I'm sure, of CDs. My wife does; she still has hers. I was teasing her about it the other day. But she has this you know booklet of cds and it's right back here yeah there we go it's right back there yeah uh load it with you two and rem um and uh you you probably don't nobody uh, a lot of weird stuff it would probably gross me out but anyway Mm -hmm. i like your heavy metal mind that's a that's where we agree but you know you used to take your booklet of cds into these places kind of like a play it again sports and i don't cd go around or whatever and you would flop it on the table and you'd be like, you know, I want to sell my CDs. And you might have paid $400 new for all these CDs. And they're like, yeah, we'd love to buy these for about, you know, 28 bucks. And then you get pissed off and, you know, be like, screw you. I'm not going to sell. them, But I mean, I think it's that old business model from those days, uh, you know, Plato's Closet, You know, uh, the stores that they did with the uh, baby, the uh, baby items like baby gates and car seats and, and, you know, we've seen this like played against sports and we've seen this model, you know, where in the 90s, it was really, really popular, you know, to go and trade in your old stuff for new stuff. They just didn't give you crap for your old stuff. Right. And so I think you kind of saw that with the GameStop business model. And I think people got really tired of it and they're like, screw this. I can sell it on eBay for more or I can put it on, you know, Facebook marketplace and sell this game for a lot more than, than what they're going to give me. And I think uh, the new games didn't offer any discounts because quite frankly, the, 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 the um, people who put new games together price them at an MSRP and that's what they price them at for everybody. So you're actually going to lose money and go against what the what the company who's putting that out is do, is wanting you to do. So you have to sell it for whatever they want. And I just don't think that GameStop provides anything beyond, um, being being a Motov cocktail f- at the hedge hedge fund uh, people. So I don't.
1: Well, I- the dude that started all this, uh, I think, really did believe that. They were undervalued, and I don't know why he thought that that they were going okay. in a different direction.
0: Yes, so they're going to
1: go more into game development.
0: Yeah, okay. So this is what GameStop was going to do. For anyone who's trying to just catch up with the times in a Cliff Notes version, a Wick Notes. So the idea was that that GameStop has been toying with building uh, gaming PCs. So it would be a lot like Build a Bear. Where you would go into GameStop and you'd say, I want this case. I want this processor. I want this, you know, uh, video graphics card. I want this. I want this. I want this. And they would build it there as you're going through and hook it up. And by the time you got done, you're paying for a new gaming PC and you're on your way. The problem with that is that there's a ton of websites that already were doing that for years and years now at a cheaper rate than probably what they're going to pay at a brick and mortar. GameStop, Mm -hmm. where they're hiring employees for $15 an hour um, now that we're trying to go up a minimum uh, wage. But, you know, and, you know, limited knowledge by GameStop employees. I mean, these aren't guys who work in the geek squad here. These are video gamers. Uh, They're game players. And so you're going to have to pay somebody who knows computers a lot more to come into GameStop and work in that environment where you're putting these computers together. You're going to have people that have some technical training and knowledge. And so I think it that was their business model, and that got people excited. But I kind of look at it as, you know, hold on. You can do this anywhere uh, online. There's probably four or five companies that are very good at building you a personal computer and you're skipping out on the employment payment to do it. So you're probably getting it a little bit cheaper than what GameStop's gonna do at the end of the day. And there was also some rumor that they were gonna create these game hubs where you're gonna go in and play games as a group and mo- I've been in a GameStop, man. It's like a closet. Good well, luck getting getting I there's there's like at Christmas time, if there's seven people in there, I feel like I can't breathe. Um, so I don't see how they're it's gonna like a be New
1: York apartment.
0: Yes. I don't know how you're going to do a build build a a PC and put in a gaming hub there. I I just don't see how you're going to be able to do that. It's going to cost a lot of money to do all that, do those transformations and swing things around. And so I really think that people thought it was undervalued because of that. But I kind of think it's still a dumb move because I don't think anybody in their right minds would look at GameStop and go, yeah, we need to build personal computers now. I, I just it's hard for me to see that, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't especially with gamers being they're going to be kind of tax savvy so they're going to well,
0: they're, they're going to be tech savvy and they're going to figure gonna, out
1: where they can get it cheaper.
0: Well, and then you know, will they work in the collectible market? Uh, you know, I you know, listen, they sell a lot of those um pop funko figures and all that and that's all gravy, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's not like that's beating up the market either. I mean, You know, that's another thing that probably ends up on eBay. And on if you go to Target now, I'm in Target because I have two kids and I'm in the toy section a lot.
1: Right. That's because of two kids.
0: Right. Well, I would be in there anyway. But yeah. And that the Target has a section that's almost completely the same as GameStop's collectible section, where they sell weird shit that you're like, why would anybody buy this? Like, you know, Marty McFly. You know, figure, but somebody is, and Target's probably doing it cheaper than GameStop's doing it because they have high markup.
1: Yeah, they have a plus they have a buying leverage that GameStop could never possibly have.
0: Absolutely, you're absolutely right. So it's like I think there was some excitement about that, but I don't, (laughs) but it's so overpriced now. And and I got to be honest with you, this whole thing's like this movement of showing up. Uh, Wall Street and screw Wall Street because Wall Street's going to, there's all these algorithms and things that Wall Street has to do to keep this thing going and make their money back, and that means they've got to buy more stock. I I don't understand it. But at some point, like they had a guy that, that invested $56,000 in GameStop. $56,000. He is now $17 million richer off of $56,000. 17
1: and now it's going to create a culture where everybody thinks you're going to be able to do that.
0: Well, YouTube's already done that, as you can see. Um, but, um, well, but here's the thing, Wick, when do you take your 17 million back? <laughs> you know, I mean, I put 56,000 dollars in and I make 17. Well, he's million, like, they're telling everybody uh, to
1: hold, hold, hold. Oh, yeah. Well, here's I mean, the it's, thing it's a bubble, it has to be Here, a bubble.
0: Here's the thing, too. How do you know that all these people that are telling you to hold aren't telling you to hold so that they can sell? They want you to hold the price. They want you to keep buying. And then they go, hey. And then
1: once it starts to inch out of the news. They're out. They're out. They're out.
0: They're not doing it now because it's still a really fresh thing. And there's ripple effects. There's the average everyday person like me who saw this going on on the news and was like, hmm, I'm on Reddit. I'm very active. Let me go join this group and see what's... And I went and bought stock you're going to have that ripple effect and then it's going to die down and greed's going to take over cuz ultimately that's who we are okay we're we're not good people like wick says we're great we, we deserve great pats on the back i i think we're really horrible deep down but i think that we, that if you invested $1000 wick if you bought $1000 stock when it first started taking off like at $20 you'd have 13 grand right now you're not going to tell me the average person's not saying cash out. I'm taking my thirteen thousand. They're going to cash out
1: because. The question when is, is like, what does GameStop do it? with what does GameStop do with all this uh, massive influx of they've money?
0: Nothing. nothing. They've hired new. They've hired new people to. They've. they've <sighs> I think they've hired new management um, and all this from another online thing. But they haven't done anything. I mean, there's nothing that's really actually happening. Um, You know, uh, I mean, I'm being told to hold. I'll do what I'm being asked because I didn't put that much in, dude. I got like 10 shares. That's it. But I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, okay. I'll hold whatever. But, uh, and I don't have GameStop, but I have other like AMC, like 10 shares, which just didn't take off any way like, Freaking, you ain't GameStop yet. I well, you
1: know uh, Warren Buffett's philosophy is when it's a bull market, pretend it's a bear market. When it's a bear market, pretend it's a bull market.
0: Yeah, and I think that's good advice. That's advice I've gotten from a friend. And you know, I think I think I'm gonna. It's fun because I like gambling. You know, I don't. I didn't put a lot of money in because I don't have it. But I put a little bit of play money in. But you know, we'll see what happens. But it, it, I think I think a lot of what we saw is a transition of people saying, you know what? I, I think they want to kind of make money, and these young people are getting involved. These are y'all young people that are investing in this. I mean, my father, who's an investor, asked him about it. He's like, "What are you talking about? What's a GameStop?" So listen. <laughs> so this well, it's is it's roiling what's... the market right now. So you... yeah, he knows now. Oh, yeah. He'll he'll buy at the top and lose money. <laughs> but anyway. Um, But you know, the whole thing is like my dad trying to
1: tell me like in 2013 buy Apple, it's going to keep going up and up and up. Yeah. I like it's, that was true 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. That would have been 2000. Yeah. 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 You have to catch it a little bit on the low end, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we're seeing a transformation of young people and the way that they're looking at things. And maybe a lot of this seriousness is going to break, break, and we're not going to have it so much. And, People are going to kind of want to make money and be a little greedy and spend it on frivolous things and kind of start having fun. We'll see. Cause you know, it could be a situation. I love it because I think it's given power back to the middle class and the lower class who, you know, can throw in, you know, a couple of hundred bucks and maybe make a thousand and sell it. And then maybe they get interested in the stock market and maybe we see things change and, and all that. I mean, Wall Street will probably still win in the end because they're a juggernaut but you know maybe you can manipulate the market and, and we'll see you know you'll see the 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 people the powers that be that'll get involved and say you know Rudit, you can't do this you know the SEC will get involved and start you know
1: well the SEC's been quiet from what I understand
0: Well I, I mean you know at the end of the day, who do you go after I mean it's just a bunch of people that, that are not doing anything with it. Yeah, it's nobody Nobody has any connections to really do anything. It's just I would like to see this begin to happen where, you know, you have the purchasing power of a few million people mm-hmm. at once making purchases instead of millions of people on their own making separate different purchases. Millions of people together making purchases and taking the power back from Wall Street and beginning to maybe live on some of that money. I, I know a friend who whose COVID hurt his business. And he hasn't been able to kind of regain. And he was like, "Listen, man, you know, I put four grand into the stock market, and I've done. I've been able to live the whole year on it because I've been making moves to, you know, to to do um, things and 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 have some financial stability. So, you know, kudos to him. I mean, could could you could you have done that years ago? I don't know, but uh, you know, it's nice to see that somebody put in four thousand dollars has been able to live on that by making good, smart investment moves." who's under 50, you know? And so that's good, you know, I don't know that I would have believed that years ago, but here we are. So- First time I invested
1: was in 2007, <laughs> so. Yeah.
0: yeah. You never so, know. I mean, I, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think we're starting to see maybe a shift in the way that behavior is for younger people. I think it's a good thing, especially if they can get back into being greedy. I think greed is good sometimes. We've been shaming it and shaming it, but listen, it's it's okay. It's okay to make money and enjoy it if you're an average person. You know, you hate the rich when you're poor, and when you're rich, you you hate the poor. So, you know, nobody wants to trade nobody wants to trade places out of being rich. So, um but everybody wants to trade places out of being poor. So, it's uh it's an interesting thing that we're going to go through here and we'll see, but it's a big news story, man, and I'm buying my um, my AMC movie stock and we'll see what happens. I'm being told Monday, it's gonna, it's gonna be the new revolution. So we'll see, but like I said, I mean, the dudes who invested, if you invested, I think I figured if you invested $10,000, you'd have a hundred thousand right now, uh, roughly. And if you invest at 5,000, you'd be sitting around 50, 60 grand. So I, I gotta think that people that had the, ability and that's not a lot of money to invest, you know, two thousand dollars—it's a—you know, or five thousand—is a lot for me. But for some people, they can do that, or they had that amount in another account, and they're like, "Screw it, I'm gonna put it all into you know GameStop." There are people that made that money, and they're going to cash out. They're going to say, "You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna take this. I'm never. This is a lottery scratch off." The guy who made you know seven—there's 17-
1: no way. There's no way it can hold.
0: No, no, no. And, 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 you know, listen, take the money and run, get it, find another stock. If you you can, this is the thing. Everybody thinks, well, if we keep holding, we keep holding, they'll just keep losing money. They're going to find a way to count to counteract what what's going on. This is Wall Street hedge funds. These are people who run, you know, brokerage firms. They know after they catch their breath and they, they quit being dizzy. They're going to say, okay, now how do we fix this? How do we get back to where we were making money? And they'll figure it out. But plus
1: it's plus it's short end money. And that's not how you really make money in the stock market. No,
0: it's not. You it, make it,
1: money, you make money on compound interest over
0: time. Over time. Yes. It is a long-term thing. Yeah. So I say, hey, look, you know, sell it <laughs> here. Let's go find the new one and let's go do the new one. Let's go pump up some $4 stock up to, you know, 180 bucks, and let me get in on it. And then I'll sell mine off. <laughs> but this is what's going to happen is a lot of people are, you're going to have the danger of, like you said, of people doing these things and then pumping in uh, all the money they can borrow and all the free cash they have. And and they're going to say, they're going to be on Reddit. And it's going to be like, hey, we're going to pump up, you know, um, some, you know,
1: and then they're going to start doing exactly what the short sellers are doing. Right, the hedge we're fund gonna, manager. Right, and they become
0: yes. And it's going to be like, hey, there's this little CBD farm, you know, that this little CBD pharmaceutical company, and it's at it's at three dollars. Let's pump it up to 180, and everybody's going to be like, well, we're going to do that. I'm putting, you know, I'm mortgaging the house. I'm putting everything I have on the, and and somebody's going to get burned. It's it's going to happen, and pretty soon the troops don't follow. And I mean. It, somebody will get hurt in this situation because ultimately, you know, when I'm looking at somebody throwing $53,000 and making 17 million, God, I wish that was me. Like all I can think about is if I could rewind time, God, I, I don't have it, mm-hmm. but I would have sure as hell found it somewhere and borrowed, you know, everything I could to throw it in the stock market and make that 17 million in cash. out. you know what I mean? And if you don't, you're kind of stupid, right?
1: Good Good Lord. Yes
0: i mean 17 million because your 17
1: million is just going to keep going down and down and down
0: sure i mean what it, it's got everything falls everything comes back everything goes back to earth especially like i said on a company that really hasn't figured out where they are you know um it's it's a company that i don't think is sustainable i think it's inevitable they're going to lose everything and they're going to go under i mean they just don't have a plan for what they need to do. There's nothing that's going to fit Game, GameStop's future that's going to make a lot of sense. No. So, uh, and brick and mortar right now is such a hard thing to do because everybody's shopping online. If you want to shout, if you want to save GameStop, go buy something. Um, but I, I imagine these people are going to cash out. But it, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm glad to see Wall Street kind of get a, a punch in the mouth one time. Yeah. And maybe they can do it and move around to different stocks and do it. Um, and maybe GameStop holds at 60 bucks. I mean, that's still a big improvement, you know? So maybe we'll see that happen. But, you know, from this kind of conversation about what the 80s was like, so I, I just kind of wonder, because the 80s was a greedy time, you know, mm-hmm. I just kind of wonder, you know, you know, and 80s was a, the 80s were a big Wall Street time. There was a lot of people investing money into things in the 80s. I mean, Wall Street was a big deal in the 80s. People were making money and you know? everybody wanted to live like Donald Trump back then. and. And I just kind of wonder if we'll see that resurgence of that little bit of people wanting to get, you know, get rich and have wealth and um, maybe move into having funner times and maybe cocaine and strippers yeah. and all that. Maybe <laughs> strip clubs and, and cocaine distribution will, will increase and will it we'll be like the 80s all over again? People will be snorting coke off toilet seats. It'll be a blast.
1: And then I learn the origins. hard way that it's the most overrated drug yes, in the history of man. Yeah, You got a little liquid cocaine going right there.
0: Yeah, the old uh, Mountain Dew. This is Mountain Dew Zero.
1: Oh, is it Mountain Dew Zero?
0: Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) you gotta watch the weight, man. Yeah, Mountain Dew Zero. It's actually pretty good. Diet Mountain Dew is just pissed terrible. I mean, it's so awful. I hate Diet Mountain Dew, but I like Dr. Pepper. Yeah, no, my my wife's a Dr. Pepper freak, and she actually has withdrawals. (laughs) She really struggles with Dr. Pepper, dude. I'm like if you just cut one, like if you just cut what you consume in half. And I even told her, I said, "Here's a trick: take a Dr Pepper, open it. Take a diet Dr Pepper, open it, and do a half and half, and get half the calories and sugar than you normally consume. Well, and you won't she, be, you won't tell the difference."
1: Has she enjoyed the fruits of a uh, diet Dr Pepper? Does she know that it's almost like the it. same thing? Really doesn't like it. Doesn't wow. like it.
0: Nope. nope. Uh, and I mean, it's like, the closest
1: uh, I found to the real thing.
0: Yeah, in terms I mean, of the- you know people feel that way. I, 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 I think Diet Dr Pepper is fine. It didn't bother me any. But um, I think it's, I think it's definitely one of the better diet drinks. But uh, no, I said, look, just take half of a diet, Dr. Pepper. Even if it's a three-fourths, you know, regular doctor, at least you're cutting some of the sugar out. Yeah. And uh, she's like, no, I can still taste it. It doesn't taste right. I'm like, okay. You know, she's a Dr. Pepper freak, man. She loves that stuff. It's like cocaine. (laughs) That's her cocaine is Dr. Pepper. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't shake her off of it, you know, but. Oh,, well. it's a delicious um, beverage. It is amazing. It is a top top three of all time. Um, I saw a, a high speed police chase on Friday in the town where we grew up in. In Vietnam in Vietnam. Yeah, I was going down I was going to, now a lot of people that listen to this show won't know, but uh, we come from a pretty small town. and uh, not small, but it, it was small when we were there. And um, going down the road, I still work out in that area. And, uh, I was coming down the road, man, and this car on Jeff Davis, just as a reference for you people that know. And, uh, man, this car came zooming past me, dude, and about 12 police cars chasing it. And by the time it got to, well, was so this I'll like, tell you
1: where on Jeff Davis, like,
0: um, you know, like after- Moel area. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Really? That's exactly where it was. Yeah. Wow. And the guy was lucky he was he had wide open two lane right there. So he was just hauling. I guess it's a four lane over there. So he had two lanes to himself and nobody was over there. He was hauling. And I and I saw him coming towards me. Like not head on, but I saw him going past me. And I was and I was like, oh man, what is going on? I saw the police lights. I thought, is that a funeral? You know, no, it's not. They're chasing this dude in this like Hyundai Sonata. Who's like got it like just freaking floored? I mean he's he's giving a Hyundai Sonata all sixty five miles an hour it can give. <laughs> and uh and I mean he got wheels like wobbling. He got Wheels <laughs> wobbling, you know. I mean it it's it, bumpers, bumpers are vibrating. It's it's insane. It's like having a high speed chase in a Yoris. Yeah, that's right. Or a Daewoo. And he's yeah. like, you know, you know, he passes me and uh and I thought, you know what? Like all this time in my life I thought I would do something heroic in these situations and all I did was freeze up in my butthole pucker and me just like (laughs) dipping up. You know, dude. You know, that guy could have hit me head on or stopped at my car, gotten out and told me to get out, and I've been like, Huh? What? I don't know I don't know what to do right (laughs) now, man. I don't know what to do right now. I don't know,
1: man. Leave me alone. Yeah, your adrenaline just like it's it's panic, it's it's natural.
0: Yeah, you watch movies and you're like, oh, dude, you know, I'd ram them off the road and jump in through an open window and beat them senseless and then take the car over. Yeah, like, no. This is what uh, the 80s
1: have done to our brains.
0: Yeah, not in real life, man. Real life. No. Man, like I went white knuckled uh, and was like, oh, God, there's a chase coming. Dear Lord, what do I do? And I pretty much just got stiff. You know, <laughs> that's all I really did. But. You got stiff? Then- uh, well you, know, you must busy. really yeah, I enjoy ex- high speed chase oh my god i got so excited i'm uh, good panty pudding as i say but no oh, i uh god. i <laughs> i did a u-turn oh i'm gonna be up I all went, night now oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did a oh. u-turn i go oh. back because oh. i i know that he's heading to an intersection oh right and i'm like yes <laughs> yeah this is gonna happen and so I was like, "There's no way this dude's gonna make it through this intersection. There's no way. There's no way." So I did a U-turn. I went back roads because this is where I'm from. Me and Wicker from here. So I knew all the back roads to take. I get up there, and I see all the police lights, and I'm like, "Yep, sure enough, dude. He rammed the back of a car. Unfortunately, he rammed the back of a car. I'm not making a joke out of that. It just sucks. But he rammed the back of a car that was in front of him. You know, tried to run. His car's flipped over. There's like." 12 police cars there. They got them on the ground. I'm like, I'm going to sit right here in this parking lot and watch this for another 20, 10 or 15 minutes on my lunch break. <laughs> That's right. I spent my lunch break on Friday, man. That's awesome. Oh, it was great. It was great. It was great. I never see that kind of action, man. I was like, I gotta, you know, I was going back You know what to- I
1: saw this week. What'd you see?
0: Nothing. Ah, see if you'd have been on Jeff Davis back in on Friday afternoon, you would have seen I'm that. on Jeff Davis all the
1: time. Fun. I live yeah. off Jeff. I live off when Jeff Davis becomes 92. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And, yeah. I, you know,
0: but, uh, then I searched the papers for it. and I didn't see anything about it, but yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy, man. I've actually seen two high speed chases. The first one was when I lived in Ohio and I was actually pulling out of my work out of the parking lot and to go on the main road and this car comes zooming by man almost took my front end off. And it was like 12, again, 12 police cars following it. And, uh, and I couldn't catch up to that when I tried, but uh, yeah, I've had to ever
1: tell you twice in the 90s, two different occasions. I was uh, I'd been out uh, enjoying the spirits and <laughs> I do not. Re- I do not recommend, obviously, in my sobriety now driving under the right, influence. But right. then uh, that was I was a different person then. And on two separate occasions, I was uh, cordoned off uh, by the Secret Service. So Clinton's uh, motorcade, could go by.
0: Twice. As you're buzzing, as you're buzzing. As I'm
1: buzzing. Okay. <laughs> I mean seeing a presidential motorcade go by uh when you're drunk on wild turkey is um I think I need a pull over. A top of the mountain experience. It's <laughs> yeah. like standing on top of Everest
0: yeah, like, and looking out over the know? cloud
1: cover. How did they know? <laughs> yeah and the oh, first time it happened today. i was like oh shit yeah this is going to be this is going to be the biggest dui in human history and uh
0: <laughs> i was arrested by president clinton for my dui yeah what a story and then he tried to have
1: sex with me yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> he pulled out the cigar hey but ever, uh yeah so i saw he that likes
1: again. cigars hey uh, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: but no, still everybody's getting vaccinated. Have you been vaccinated yet? No, no. I'm starting to wonder if they should just let Chick-fil-A do the vaccinations. Like in their drive throughs because they move them so fast. Just temperature checks and sticks in the arm.
1: And almost everybody in the South goes through it. So, Oh, God.
0: Don't get yeah, it. Don't listen, get it.
1: Don't understand.
0: They, ha- You don't understand the, the fascination with Chick-fil-A?
1: Some decent sandwich, but the fries are... are- just gross.
0: I think they're overrated.
1: I yeah, think the fries overrated. are overrated.
0: Yeah, definitely. But, you know, those lines move, man. I pulled up into one the other day. It had three lines that were wrapped around. and I was like, shit, I'm stuck in it now because they always make it where you can't get out. You know, for some reason, now all these companies are building barrier walls around their drive through So you can't, like, escape when it's too busy. So, <laughs> And it's the weirdest thing, dude, because I'll pull up and there'll be, like, three empty lines. I'm like sweet and I'll go through the around, the around the restaurant back into the back of the restaurant come around because they have a certain way you got to come in now and then as soon as I get around the freaking building there's all three lines filled up and I'm like where the hell did all these people come from it always happens at Chick-fil-a but they move it through dude they move three lines at one time and I'm like this is incredible and these people should be doing vaccinations like they should just you should go through and get yourself like a, a number one meal and then a temperature check and a shot in the arm. Just hang your arm out. Get it done. Because I guarantee you it'll move a lot faster than what the government's doing. You know, just, mm. just let Chick-fil-A take over the vaccinations. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if Biden? Buy- no, because a- then I'd have to go to Chick-fil-A. We partnered with Chick-fil-A. To ha- well, no, you partnered with Chick-fil-A to handle the vaccination lines.
1: But that would only work in the Southeast.
0: Well, you know, it only matter, you know, it only matters where you live, you know. I mean, if you're in there it's all good. There's got to be other restaurants that move as fast as Chick-fil-A lines in the northern area, right? in and out
1: Burger booths. Uh, in and out did it first, I think.
0: There you go. There you go. Get an in and out and get a vaccination. Free vaccination with every uh, you know, every Jack in the Box purchase. There you go. You know, they do them at do liquor it liquor like stores. That. Yeah. Yeah, liquor stores for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, uh, it's amazing that we're, uh, we're not getting that stuff done, but, um, so what's been going on with you? I know I've been talking your head off, uh, anything going on with you that's been major?
1: Uh, nothing major, uh, nothing, major. nothing of consequence. That's no fun, Wick. S- status quo. This is the way I prefer it.
0: Did you know yellow card had an electronic, uh, electric violin player? No. Isn't that weird? I didn't know that until somebody posted a video on a, on, on Facebook. And it was like, well, that's interesting. Um, okay. (laughs) Yellow card still around? Uh, no, this is old. This is an old video, man. Like when they're popular stuff, but an electric violin player, how do you get that gig? You have to know somebody to get that gig. Oh yeah. You have to know someone in the band deeply. Like you either have to be a brother, or best friend of somebody who's like, let's just bring Dan along. What's music is
1: one of the most um really? Mercurial it, it defy how you make it a music is um baffling. Yeah. I mean like it's not it's not codified at all.
0: No, no, no. There is no set way of being able to do this in music. No,
1: yeah, I, you know. I yeah. mean you either get into a band in a scene although scenes seem to be there's no scenes anymore which is unfortunate I right think. now it is which, it's very
0: unfortunate um yeah, it, it is
1: because all i mean almost all great musical movements come from a scene you can go back to like even you know blues and jazz and it's all right. starts in the scene. just guys jamming
0: yeah i mean you know there's no rhyme or reason how bands became popular i mean Certainly legendary bands, you can figure out why. I mean, there's a lot of amazing bands that have, have made it, of course. That I don't want to take anything away from the Rolling Stones and U2 and bands like that, but there are some bands that made it, and you're just like, what? You're just in the right place at the right time back then. Mm-hmm. But talk, about, talk about being in the right place at the right time as being a violin player being asked to join a rock band. It's like, you're not going to hear my violin over the guitars. Well, we'll just plug you in, dude. We'll give you an electric. I wonder if he had distortion on it.
1: Distortion pedal for his violin. For his
0: violin, that would be amazing. Like you have to, but I mean, think about all the endorsement deals. You're the only like rock violin player. You know what I mean? Like there's got to be endorsement deals galore coming at you, but probably not because I didn't even know they existed.
1: I guess if you're young, on, on the cover of
0: Violin Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Taking heavy metal to the to the bow. You know. Um, but anyway, I thought that was just interesting. That's just a little bit. Tidbit. It's
1: like you know, who was the guy that stood on one foot and uh, foot and played the flute? Was that in the
0: seventies? That was Jethro uh, Tull. Jethro Tull, yeah, yeah. Jethro Tull, man. Uh, I've never really. I mean, I've never really got. I believe, he played flute, yeah. I, I never really got into Jethro Tull, man.
1: No, it's like getting into Foghat.
0: Uh, I do love Steely Dan. I do have this weird Steely Dan like fetish. I they're not bad. Oh my God, I think they're amazing. I can't get away from them I think they're absolutely amazing I, I I can listen to Steely Dan all day long I just think they're so creative um, I, I don't know what it is about them you know, like I think, wrong,
1: so. you know what you know I think needs to be reassessed and we talked about this um, privately in text I think it's time to reassess the gin blossoms
0: yes I mean yeah because let's take let, let, as let's, popular as they needed to get
1: but they got popular, but they, they didn't get any credit. They came along in the middle of grunge. And I got kind of, and it's always been kind of a, a joke, you know, when people ask, you know, what's the, the one band that you kind of are embarrassed to admit you like? But and I was like, you know what? I won't turn off a Jim Blossom song. You know what mine is? What is? Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls.
0: Baby's black balloon makes a fly. I mean, I, I love their stuff, man. And I I would never buy an album. Would never buy an album.
1: There's a bunch of bands from the early 90s that kind of got, if they'd been in a different era, I think would get uh, the Lemonheads.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you have that grunge. You have that grunge donut. And then the middle's just this uh, salt mm-hmm. center uh, that was Lemonheads, Gin Blossom, stuff like that. And I think... You know, I think they commercially did well, um, but I don't know that they, you know, could have gone on tour without help, like Mud Honey and bands like that. I don't think that you could go on major New tours. Gin
1: Blossoms, yeah, they without like big. a
0: Pearl Jam, you know, or a Nirvana, you know, headliner, you know. Back then, I mean, I'm sure they did tours, but I don't think they. I don't
1: I think, think they, they were a big a big draw.
0: No, but I I even though then, that,
1: I mean. Band they had like four really big singles off that record. They did. Like you could not in 93, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing Hey Jealousy.
0: Yeah, that's very true. In fact, they had Hey Jealousy a lot on um, TV shows mm-hmm. um, and it was a lot in movies too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so then i was going to say that I, we were watching friends the other day on HBO max and uh, there was a Jim Blossom song. Um, and so commercially they were successful.
1: And then uh, there's Doug Hopkins that wrote all the songs that killed himself.
0: Yeah, and you were telling me that story, but I I, I didn't really understand
1: it. Uh, He wrote "Hey Jealousy. He wrote uh, the other big hit, um, Not Follow You Down. Um, It's Escaping Me, of course.
0: Let's see. So they had... follow you down found out about you
1: found out about you yeah. which is a, a great song i mean they kind of come from the school of like you know they were with all the the arpeggio guitars and kind of the kind of more the descendants of um the replacements and, and big star kind of in that line and i think they got a bad rap because they came out in the middle of um grunge the grunge explosion and um, but that song is but do brutal. they
0: been do the gin blossoms uh, do it on their own without the explosion of grunge
1: uh probably not because the weird thing is is that record was released in 92 and it went nowhere and their record label kept pushing it they made three videos for hey jealousy before um, it blew up and they kept, you know, successively, the videos got a larger and larger budget. So they were really behind them. But this guy, uh, they go in to record uh, New Miserable Experience. He's the principal songwriter, the founding member of Gin Blossoms. But he's such an alcoholic, is uh, resulting from probably a bipolar disorder, mm. that uh, halfway through the recording process, he's terminated from the band.
0: For his drinking?
1: For his drinking. So he's out of the band. As he's out of the band, they explode. (laughs) Not the worst. So he's not in the band anymore, and he's hearing Hey Jealousy all over the radio. I can't um, can't think of a a sadder um, tale in rock music than that one, and then he winds up killing himself.
0: Well, I mean, that's like, uh, what was the guy's name? The Fifth Beatle? There was a few of them. Pete Best. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, Pete Best. Yeah, there was a lot of guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about that. And
1: Nirvana had like 15 drummers. Well, Van Halen had a
0: bassist that quit before they recorded an album. Like, you know, I mean, like, when that happens, like, what do you go through when that happens? Like, man, you know, guys, like maybe it's not even because you don't want to be in the band anymore. I imagine if you're in Van Halen, you're like you're not thinking like, oh man, this band's never going to go anywhere. But you're probably thinking, man, I got to start college. Yeah, right? you know, like I got to accept it in the school. There's no way that I'm going to have time to do this. So, you know, I'm going to have to quit the band. And they find some other guy to play your bass lines, and I'll sing. Oh my an god! Album, and now they're one of the greatest, you know, if not arguably the greatest American rock band of the of, of all time. And you're going, oh shit, nobody even knows who I am, like that's got to be a killer dude you know what I mean oh
1: god I can't I mean and listen to these lyrics you know we've heard them a million times but I don't I never paid attention to them until all last summer in case you don't recall I was yours and you were mine forget it all is there a line that I could write that's sad enough to make you cry and all the lines you wrote to me were lies months roll past and the love that you struck dead did you love me only in my head
0: some if language. you ever
1: if you if you've never if you haven't I mean that's that's strong, I mean, to his, simple to his lyric credit. writing
0: yeah absolutely and to his credit I don't know that they did much after that. I, I think can't yeah, recall then, them you know they might have had some things here and there, but I mean they're a couple got of on
1: hits them. on their next record, but it was nowhere near was I mean one? if you've ever been if you ever uh broken up with a girl or she broke your heart. I mean, well, those nice. those lyrics resonate pretty uh, pretty deeply.
0: That would have been on an um, album that they had in '92 called the New Miserable Experience. Miserable
1: Experience, yeah.
0: '96, they have continue. Uh, congratulations, I'm sorry, and Follow You Down is on there. Yeah, but that's his, right?
1: Uh, I don't know if he wrote that or not. He might have. No, no, he didn't write that.
0: But I would say the majority of their success was on his uh on his record on his record, right? The band in the band that he founded. I wonder how that works when you're cut from a band or when you're fired from a band like that, but you're I mean, do you have to sign away any future royalties? I wonder. He
1: did uh the um because they hadn't made any money yet, they ground him down and negotiated $15,000. Oh,
0: no, dude. No. Mm-hmm. That's a lesson to all you out there. Nah, that probably Don't. has
1: something to do with why he killed himself. You
0: want the royalties. You do not want the cash. You want the royalties. Mm-hmm. The, cash will, the cash will spend. The residuals and the royalties will last for as long as somebody's listening.
1: And they, the were, um, they were developing a film about him, and Ethan Hawke was going to play him, but it never went anywhere. Really? Yeah.
0: That's a sad story, man. Thanks for the. That's really sad.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the. (laughs) (laughs) But I think uh, you know, you know, he started should
0: get more credit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd never heard that story before. I don't know. I think it's, uh, I think it's a sad situation, though. You know, when when people do that and they they you know and and like I said, I think the dude from um, from Van Halen just went to college. Like he was like, I got to go to school. And they were like, well, if you're not going to have time to play, you know, you might as well exit, which he did. But it's like, dude, looking back on it now, it's like, holy shit. How do you not try to get back in on that band? Like after, after they get a record deal, and be like, you know what? I
1: I think I made a uh, wrong decision.
0: Oh God. Yeah.
1: And especially if you're in Van Halen, you have to know that's going somewhere. I mean, you, you, you have to know how good your band is when you're in it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, You have to be. You have to be involved. Going, um, hey, you know what? I think we can. I mean, there's got to be buzz, especially if you're in a band like Van Halen. I mean, Jim Blossoms. Maybe you're going, hey, you know what? I don't think anything's going to happen, but I think they. I think. I think Nirvana had an original drummer before David Grohl. Oh, they had a lot. They had a lot of drummers before David. I think Jack Irons and people like that. You know, just like dude. You know why? I mean, I can get. After you get to a point where you're making a where you've made money and you're touring a lot, like the John Frusciante thing with Red Hot Chili Peppers, where you're like, you know what? I just fucking hate touring. I hate going out there and being on the road for a year and a half in a row. And I've I've made money, you know. Just I'm done. I can understand that. What I don't understand is like right before things are about to take off, being like, you know. My girlfriend wants me to quit you know or somebody gets or you get married or something which i guess is a good reason i think you
1: have to be a, a certain type person a certain breed to give your life
0: yeah yeah i think you have to you you have to because i mean if you think about it like you know i'm i'm i like to do, i like to mess around and play guitar and i've been thinking about recording some stuff, and stuff. And like even if anything ever ever happened with it it's like i'm 44. I can't imagine living on the road and going out and being out for 365 days a year. I think you have to almost be born into that. Like you almost like, like look at you too. Like you almost have to have that as your everyday part of your life where you've done it for so long. You, you, you expect it to kind of do it and you kind of accept it, you know, but I can't imagine like members of kiss or whatever, or, or huge bands where you're gone for a year and a half straight. And, that's your life. I, I mean, I would feel like you never have a home. You know what what's I mean? amazing
1: to me is the people so you, that do still, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. the people that still do it when they after they don't have to, like Bob Dylan's been touring for thirty straight years.
0: You know, Neil he, Young.
1: You know they they don't ever stop touring.
0: Yeah, I mean it's Willie, like, Willie uh, Nelson. Yeah, you know, and now you know, I mean, bands have to do it now to make money because they don't make money on records anymore which is terribly sad you know but it's it's a situation where there is no music industry anymore but you know it, it's it's like god dude like that's a rough life and i guess some people just aren't cut out for it and they're like listen dude i just want out of this nightmare you know of waking up in a different hotel room all the time and i'm sure you have a drug drug issues and alcoholism and all these things going on, and then you have schedules that are given to you. Like I'm sure your life's not yours when you're on tour. You know what I mean? Where, you know, somebody's given you a, you know, a schedule for the day. You know, you gotta take this phone call from this radio station or this, you know, XM station. You know, you have to make an appearance here and you have to show up there and you have to play on this TV show. And I'm sure like it, you you sounds wonderful until you actually have to live it. And you're like, you're either made for it or not made for it at that point, you know
1: yeah and i think you i think to make it you have to be made for
0: it yeah oh yeah i think you have to be absolutely um
1: but even most people that are made for it still don't make it
0: yeah yeah well i guess we got to talk about some serious stuff now i was going to ask you um do you think too much is being made out of this uh dr rachel levine who is uh the transsexual what is she, the health uh, health secretary?
1: Yes, I health think secretary. I...
0: Um, do you think that this is a move for political correctness by the administration, or do you think that it's a true, deep-hearted move for a well-qualified person? Both. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, and that leads us into you know Joe Biden doing an executive order on a sports transgender uh, transgenderism being fair. Um, and I am very, very opposed to this. Um, I I think this is a really bad move and I think it kind of goes, now I don't know anything about Levine. Um, so I wouldn't tie it into that. I just was curious because I saw that there's a lot of transgenderism going on in the Biden administration. Not a bad thing. Not a, you know, I mean, it's just whatever. I don't care as long as somebody's qualified. I would wonder if she's the most qualified, you know, I don't know. Um, I know she was a health secretary in Pennsylvania and um, I mean, she led the, she led the, she led the state in their COVID response, but I'll be honest with you. I didn't know anything really great coming out of Pennsylvania about their COVID response. So, you know, I guess I'm glad it's somebody that's not in New York. Um, but, you know, I don't know if, if honestly, if, if she was very qualified or is not, or if there was a, uh, you know a, you know, kind of a political media move um, and I hope that this administration doesn't use that prop um, where they're going to be making a lot of PC decisions um, because you know right now we need qualified people and maybe she is that's not what I'm saying for I get hate mail I'm just saying I hope she is and that you know if it just so happens that she's the most qualified person and she happens to be transgender that's fine I just hope that we're not making a stand on hey, we need to have a transgender in office. Let's make it the S- Assistant Secretary of Health because right now it's a really important position to have. Um, but I think it bleeds into this executive order on sports uh, transgenderism uh, where he wants to, um, I don't know if it's in force, um, transgenders to be able to take, um, to take on sports of different gender, like males being able to play female softball, um, you know, compete, you know, males compete as females in um track and field or you know, whatever. I you know I find it always really interesting with this thing, Wick, that we don't hear a lot about females wanting to play male sports. I mean, we have people, we have females that want to do that. We were, we had talked before and it didn't ever get on air. Um, but we had talked before about the Vanderbilt kicker, you know, and being a female, and um, I don't know. A lot of people were kind of <laughs> were kind of put off by it, I guess, because they felt like it was a little bit of a, a stupid PR move. And I tend to agree with that a little bit. Um, but I th- I'm really troubled by Biden's executive order. Now I know things are sensitive, and you know you, you, it's hard to put things out there. I mean, we are recording these things and all of that, and I understand. But I think we have to really take serious. That this is a situation that bothers me to the point that I think it does hurt females that are playing in a predominantly female sport from being able to advance because a transgender male has advanced into semifinals or state finals or competitions where coaches from colleges are going to be there. Um, I think it has happened. Does it happened on a large scale? I doubt it, but it does happen. And I got to imagine that there are some, uh, females that uh, play certain sports, um, and, you know, feel like they kind of got in the shaft, <laughs> bad way of saying that, but kind of gotten the shaft out of you know, saying, Hey, look, you know, we need uh,
1: a sound effects board.
0: Yeah, no, I'll put that in later when I do the editing. But you know, have a position, have a position where uh, you know they are feeling like they're good. They can get a college scholarship. Uh, you know, college paid for. If I can just do this, you know, if I can win this tournament, or whatever. College coaches are going to be there. And oh yeah, you can't go because you got beat beat by a male who's uh, being uh, protected under a transgender thing. Now it's a touchy subject, right? Because you know, you should be able to live the way you want to live, right? As long as you're not hurting anybody. Yeah. But on the other end, on the other hand, know, is this fair? And and Tulsi Gabbard um, recently, a couple of months ago, I believe, came out and said she wanted to pass a law, or did? I, I don't know the story there, but that she wanted to limit the ability of of males or females to compete in opposite sex um, uh, sports competitions because of, of what I'm talking about, that it, it actually hurts things. Uh, of course, that's been buried in my opinion and not released and nobody wants to really talk about it because it's sensitive, but I want to because I think it is a serious topic. Um, what is your view on Biden's ex- executive order? And I know it's a touchy thing, but whatever you feel comfortable talking about, what do you feel like with Biden's executive order on transgenderism, uh, protecting athletes that want to compete, male athletes being the major subject here, male athletes competing as females uh, in high school? Do you think it's harmful or do you think this is a great thing? Or I'm
1: neutral. I think it's a, kinda, it's a cosmetic, cosmetic executive order.
0: Yeah, I don't know how you enforce that. I mean, yeah, I, don't, saying,
1: I don't know how you enforce it. I don't think it's, um, of all things, to worry about right now.
0: No, it, it's not yeah. definitely not a big deal to worry about right now. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it, if this becomes a popular trend, and we've seen it happen where males say, Hey, look, <laughs> if I can be a female and play in this sport, then I can get a scholarship I can't get as a male. Like, if you want to compete, like do you I think do know. you think
1: maybe it's it's more uh geared the other way and males competing in female sports is just going to be an unfortunate byproduct of that
0: um yeah i think you'll see it i yeah. do i think i think people will look at look for any advantage um it's like the wrestling thing i mean you know you know males wrestling females you know or Softball. I mean, people listen, people don't want to admit. And like I said, I, I know this has been a discussion in the past, but it, it was edited out because it didn't go with the flow of the show. But in this situation, I, I mean, we're kind of waiting. I was kind of waiting for this to have a moment when it happened. And, and here it is. But it's kind of like, I, I think that we have to stop pretending like race, culture, gender doesn't exist. I think it's really dangerous because I think we should kind of celebrate what makes us unique due to our gender or sexual orientation or our race. I think it's I think it's there's nothing to be ashamed of. But at the same time, I think um, I think we're trying to do an all inclusivity situation in America, which is going to blow up in people's face, because if you're if you're a male and you feel like you have to be and you feel like you're a female. I have to be careful what I say. I don't want to I don't want to upset people. That's not what I'm here to do. But if you're a male feeling like you're a female and you have to change your gender. That's fine. And if you want to be a competitor in sports that's fine. But I have zero issue. If you want to be on your football team and you look at your football team and go, you know, look, I feel like I'm a female. Uh, and yeah, you're gonna get some shit for it, but I think you're gonna get some shit either way. But hopefully, we have a better understanding. Our young people do now. I, I, you know, we're always talking about how woke they are and how aware they are. Prove it. You know, if you have a guy on your football team that says, "Listen, I feel like a female inside, but I love to compete and play sports." I'm gonna, you're gonna see some changes in me that make me feel comfortable, but I still want to play on a team. I'm hoping that we're at the point now. I mean, like I said, you guys are the woke generations. I hope you're understanding enough to be like, dude, that's cool. Whatever. I don't care. And you can play football with the guys, or you can play baseball with the guys, or you can play tennis with the guys, or you can do anything that matches your physical makeup in competition so that you are actually in a competition. What I have a problem with is when you go, I don't want to compete with the guys because I'm not good enough. And I want to. I want to go compete with the females, or I feel like I want to. I feel like I'm a female inside. There's kind
1: of another way to look. I want I want to
0: go play in female sports because that's how I feel inside. I want to clarify that for you. Guys.
1: If you're so committed to being a great athlete that you will change your gender to get there,
0: <laughs> hey, that's, I think it's listen, that's
1: some conviction. And you know, commitment I'm that not going go to go touch your hat off too.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go Tucker Carlson here and say, you know, this is what's going on. But I do think that you can still be a transgender and play in male sports. I don't know that you have to go play in the FEMA. And I get that, you know, you want to be a part of the FEMA, but you're giving an unfair advantage. You're, you're actually hurting the team that you're playing with. You're hurting other girls who are not able to get on the field because physically you've got more ability. There's and- one of
1: those things we're going to have to wait and see. How much, it how, actually, bad it how bad it gets. Yeah. If it, yeah. that all.
0: This could be minor, but there are, there are people who have come out. There are female athletes who have come out in high school, that were high school athletes and said, listen, I was supposed to go to state. I lost to the male transgender on my team. I didn't make it to state. No college coaches saw me. I think there are people that are hurt by this and it is not a victimless situation. Okay and we can say that whether it's the trans- transgender um a group of people being um victims or people that they replace on a team being victims i mean there's a lot of victim victimization that can be possible here so i'm not i'm not ex- exclusively looking at one over others but one is a better discussion than the other which is if you're a female on a team let's say you play tennis right we 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 just have to stop acting like there's not a physical difference between men and women. And I will get, people will get upset with it, but scientifically, you, you, you cannot argue you can. the fact that men are physically stronger no longer than Longer hamstrings. Women. Yeah. Women, women are 75. They, they basically say, so if you have a woman, a female, that, that starts lifting weights at the same time a male does, they will not ever be as strong as that male. It's just physically not possible without the uh, without the help of hormones or without the help of steroids. It, you have to have an overabundance of testosterone in your body, which we've seen women do to bodybuild, that men naturally produce. I mean, if a man's naturally producing testosterone to get stronger and it, and it has the benefits of muscle growth, uh, bone density, uh, long muscle, you know, um, um, scar repair, all these other things are happening through through testosterone and, and, and whatnot, uh, but especially repairs in your body when you're injured, uh, which is all you're doing when you're working out. You're just breaking things down and, and letting your body rebuild them. Testosterone aids in all of that. So if your natural production of testosterone is what makes you stronger and a female has to go get that to supplement to be as strong as a male. It obviously tells you that science is not on the side of everyone's equal as far as strength goes. And I think that's okay. The top, listen, the top uh, Venus Williams, even Venus and Serena Williams at the top of their game. Now, I want everybody to listen closely because John McEnroe got absolute shit on for this, but he was 100% right. They could not compete with the top 100 male tennis players. I would venture to say they couldn't compete with the top two. 200 male tennis players. That's nothing against them. They are, they are the best female tennis players to ever play. That's an okay category to be in. It is an amazing category to be in. It is take your hat off and respect category to be in because there are some badass female tennis players. As much as there's some badass female softball players, as much as there's some badass female um, track and field um, and runners and things like that, But when we play this game that, well, we're not really allowed to really touch on that because, you know, people get the feelings hurt. The truth of the matter is, is that when a male competes in a female's um, heavily um, female um, sport, he's going to be the most dominant person on the field if he's physically fit. Point blank, simple, done. He will hit a softball further. He will throw a softball harder. He will serve a tennis ball faster. He will be quicker in a lot of aspects of the sport. He will be faster. Maybe, I think they did a study, and the only two sports where females could actually really beat males was in equestrian, and I'm not trying to be funny. That was really what the study said, riding a horse and and um, and running. Females, uh are, because females endure pain way better. I mean, there are strengths like we have to understand. Long, women long distance running or? Running in general. I don't know if that would be. I don't sprint. even know.
1: That, I don't even know that. That can't be accurate.
0: It must be long run. Long run. Yeah. And even, then, that's,
1: that.
0: even that's, then, I don't
1: think that's accurate. Sure. I mean.
0: sure. So. You know, now what are we going to do in the Olympics when this starts happening? You know, and
1: that is something- yeah. When it gets down to Olympics and it gets down to professional sports, right? Then you have an issue,
0: right? And it, and eventually, it's going to happen. There's somebody who wants the Olympics bad enough who's going to be a transgender who wants to play, and he's going to and he's going to uh, she is going to go around suing everybody and going taking it to courts and everything like that. And everybody is either going to have to stand on the on the realm of political correctness and just do the right thing so people aren't upset about it. But there's just some things that you have to understand are the way that they are. And I don't like this executive order because I don't think now I don't think it should say I think you should let districts make their decisions. If, if, if they want to do it and the teams are OK with it, that's fine. I'm not still not OK with it, but whatever, because I think it's an unfair advantage to the male athlete playing in a female sport.
1: I don't think there's any way to argue that.
0: The argument you have is that you don't think it's a big enough deal yet to even worry about. It. No, not not yet.
1: I mean, not until it gets into uh, professional sports or people getting scholarships.
0: Now the problem is is well, our- the, the, the irony is is very few,
1: and it's it's a sad truth. Very few full athletic scholarships I would imagine are granted to female athletes.
0: Yeah, because they're not money makers. They're not. Yeah, you know, they're just not. I mean, you go to, listen, you go to the, you want to be on the, you want to watch the PGA tour or you want to watch the LPGA tour? You're going to watch the PGA tour. It's wild. it makes money. Well, it makes money. The LPGA, I would argue, probably doesn't. I would argue that the WNBA doesn't make money. Maybe they do. I would, I would doubt it's a tremendous amount of money. I don't know anybody that goes to WNBA games. I can't even name me a WNBA team. I know there's one in Atlanta. I can tell you they are. The dream. Yeah, they're not on TV that I know of. Do they have a TV deal? I don't think so. Then what? You know, then it's almost like we're trying to hold up bad investments because it's what's politically correct to do. And at some point, the rubber meets the road. And uh, I think the LPGA does okay, but I mean, you know, it's one of those things. But listen, they don't—they don't win the money that the men do because they can't afford to give them. You know. You know 1.8 million dollars for coming in first
1: and that's just the nature of the marketplace
0: That's the nature of the marketplace, but it's also supply and demand
1: It's like uh, with uh, demand actors, act, uh, actors on films when the male uh, makes more money uh, than the the female the female and, actor in the same, in the same project and then
0: Listen, but that's I just what the marketplace that. demands. Yeah, I understand that. I do think that there should be fair pay and things like that. And yeah, but what if the you
1: know the, what if the male is a higher draw?
0: It's a good point. I
1: mean, you know, if you know, Leonardo, if it's, if it's Leonardo DiCaprio um, agrees to do a movie, you know, he can you know mobilize half a billion dollars.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a, with that's one a, word. That's a really good point. I mean, like, who would you say is the largest? female star in in movies right now johansson probably and i mean is she that great of, is She that great of an actress? she's great in jojo rabbit i never saw any of her stuff other than her marvel stuff and i don't know that i was she's pretty good her acting she's okay pretty good Fair enough. I mean, if you go back to
1: the '90s, I mean, I mean, there was. I'm sure, certainly, uh, Hugh Grant wasn't making. uh, I forget what the name of the project was with Julia Roberts, but you know, she made more than he
0: did. Did you see because the the marketplace?
1: um, She was the draw.
0: Did you watch? um, God, he just did something on HBO Max. Oh no, I haven't seen it. The Undoing. Have you seen The Undoing? No. Is it good? Hugh Grant. You know, (laughs) I've realized something. Got Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant's you you forget like I guess he's just been out of the spotlight so long, you forget how great an actor he is. He is a really good actor.
1: He's a really good, um, especially
0: comic actor. Yeah, and, and he's good a good comedy man. here. If you ever if you watch it, it's only six episodes. It's it's really good. I I, I I found myself watching it and I was like, I forgot how good of an actor he was. I forgot how good he is. On the other spectrum of things. Nicole Kidman's in this, too. And I forget how bad of an actress I really think Nicole Kidman is. I Nicole
1: think, Kidman, really?
0: Yeah. Like, I just heard that they were going to cast her for, Lucille, for a Lucille Balls biopic. Now, maybe she'll be fantastic and I'm going to eat my words. But I have a feeling that she plays certain characters for a reason. Because I think she's boring. Like, in this particular one, she's a psychiatrist. But I remember, like, in Batman, she was a psychiatrist, and I think she's played that kind of role over and over again where she's kind of like a, 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 like a medical doctor, and so, mm-hmm. like, they don't give her much, like, emotional, like, spectrum to work with. And I kind of wonder, is that just – my wife was like, I think that's just her. Like, I think, I think they're – like, we've talked about it before. Like, you know, Robert Downey Jr., a great character actor, in my opinion. You know, Johnny Depp, good character actor. You have actors that can, uh, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman? Yeah. Um, You know, you have people that are great character actors. Now, the guy that that you're a big fan of, Seymour, died of a drug overdose. Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. People, yeah. Okay. Thank you. I was thinking Dustin Hoffman when you said that. Philip Seymour Hoffman, great character actor. Like they can do. They can, you know, play Truman Capote. Like there are people oh, man, that he can. Was... It, people who can get into a role and really play it well.
1: Well, also are, you. <clears throat> you don't know how good an actor is until they get the parts.
0: Well, my point is, is that there are people that are really good at acting themselves. Like that's I like an underrated.
1: Just- that's an underrated art, though.
0: Well, is it? I mean, if you're Jason Bateman acting like Jason Bateman, is it hard to be Jason Bateman?
1: Okay, because I have no, a, feeling, I have a no,
0: feeling that what no. you see of Jason Bateman on the screen is Jason Bateman if you beat him in a bar. No, I don't see a lot a, of validity between Jason Bateman and, and other characters. You know, and, and now, would you make character. that
1: same argument for Jack Nicholson?
0: Yeah. I don't think Jack Nicholson is a great character actor.
1: He's a great actor.
0: I think he's great playing Jack Nicholson.
1: But he's incredible at it.
0: Sure, sure. And he's still Robert a great De Niro's actor. Great at it.
1: He's still right? a great actor.
0: Who's going to play Robert De Niro better than Robert De Niro?
1: That's an under. I mean, it's a very underrated art, and the and also the way that Hollywood Hollywood goes. Do
0: you don't you think
1: mean? Jack? You don't think Jack Nicholson's a great no, actor? One like uh, okay. a movie that's not improved Wick. with Jack Nicholson.
0: What what, what? what? Okay, Wick, This is a role. Okay. Um, and what do you, you, say, Hey, you know, what do you, what am I looking for as I, as I get prepared for this role? And they go, just be wick. That's not a really hard thing to do.
1: Yeah. But moreover, how are you emotionally communicating to the audience? That means more than being able to play a range of characters. Right. I, I don't know. Like an ex- a great example for that is, uh, the most moved I've ever been by a performance is Robert Duvall in Lonesome Dove, and he's playing Robert Duvall.
0: Sure, yeah. but that's. But I think there's with that situation. I think that there are times where you just love who the person is anyway, and so when they play themselves, you you. But enjoy that it. does
1: not mean they're not great actors.
0: I think to me, it taints them a little bit. I like somebody who can play a, a variety of roles and be blown away by it. That's why Robert Downey Jr. to me is is high on my list. Yes, he probably plays himself a little bit, but I like the fact. Tony that I can, Stark.
1: Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. It is
0: Robert Downey Jr. That's true. But I, I mean, I we just watch, uh Kiss Kiss Bang Bang tonight. That was great. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he uh, Val Kilmer as well can play a variety of roles. A uh, Johnny Depp can play a. There's depth. And okay. I would you
1: that. Would you say though that Val Kilmer is a better actor than Jack Nicholson?
0: Based on my personal preference and things I've seen, like this is not going to be a scientific study. Yeah. I think, yeah, sure. Throughout the catalog, I enjoy Val Kilmer's characterizations of things more than I have Jack Nicholas. I like Jack Nicholas, but I don't go see movies because of Jack Nicholas.
1: Because Jack Nicholas is a golfer.
0: Jack Jack Nicholson. Sorry. (laughs) Dick. Yeah, I don't go see Jack Nicholson because he's in something. But I would but I would probably go I would go see something because Robert Downey Jr.'s in it or maybe even Johnny Depp. Because I like to see the depth I, I like to see where they'll go with the character when it's theirs. And I don't I mean, I like trust me, I like Jason Bateman. I think he's a cool dude, man. I think he is probably one of the coolest people in Hollywood. But I would in the to end, give, give him a freaking bro bump. Like I think he's cool. But
1: in the end there's like Two of those slots available to actors that play a range of characters and are stars. Right. I mean
0: Brad Pitt plays
1: Brad Pitt, right? Brad yeah, Brad Pitt plays Brad Pitt. Jack Nicholson plays Jack Nicholson.
0: George Clooney uh, plays George Clooney. Plays
1: George Clooney. And there's right now the only and he's retired now, the only one I can think of is Daniel Day Lewis.
0: Let's let's look up uh and I, and I do think that you, you do have a point. I, I'm not taking your point away. Or look, look at someone like I'm Jimmy Stewart. Saying. Jimmy Stewart always played Jimmy Stewart. Okay, so these are the... They, this but is he's the,
1: still a great actor.
0: These are the guys that are considered greatest character actors. J.K. Simmons, Paul Giamatti, Chris Cooper, uh-huh. um, Steve Buscemi. Give you that, 100%. But
1: he still play Steve Buscemi.
0: He just gets, you think so? I don't think so. Like Boardwalk Empire, I didn't feel like he was being Steve Buscemi at all.
1: Gary, Oldman. I haven't seen him like really. Gary Oldman, yes, absolutely.
0: Okay, uh, some of these I don't know. William Fichtner. Yeah, I mean, he, was he in Bloodline?
1: Well, a lot of times, character actors. That doesn't mean they're necessarily playing a broad range. That just means they play H. roles. Macy. Yeah.
0: Uh, I'm trying to look at names that I know because there's a t- John C. Riley. I don't know about that. I mean John C. Riley? Agree? Disagree on that one?
1: Uh, I don't know, man. If you can do uh, <laughs> what he does,
0: <laughs> Clint I Eastwood's know. on this list. <laughs> that's difficult for that's, me. That's that's wrong. Uh, I think Clint Eastwood's always been Clint Eastwood. It's just in a different environment. John Goodman would give him that. I like John. Yeah, Goodman but he plays as- John Goodman all the time. You think so? I don't know. I mean, the only true character actor
1: who. who's changing their appearance, uh, changing their demeanor, changing their walk, changing their voice right now is Daniel Day Lewis. And Gary. I up. don't
0: know. You don't think Johnny Depp does? Johnny Depp does, yeah. Uh, let's see. And these names uh, I don't know. You would probably know. You're like, oh yeah, I know that you know sure. He's great and that movie, I don't know all these people, but you know, so yeah, to go back to the original topic, maybe, maybe males do draw more than females. I'm trying to think of who the, the top female actor would be. Um, do you do that by how much they make?
1: R- uh, by box office,
0: uh, Scarlett Johansson, Charlize Theron, I Nelson mean, Portman
1: they- it's a big game anyway because. Jennifer Lawrence. Movies make movie stars. Movie stars don't make movies.
0: Kate Blanchett, Nicole Kidman, Margot Robbie, Jennifer Aniston. Not a character act to me. Jennifer Aniston does Jennifer Aniston. I can't stand Emma Stone. Is that weird? I'm not that much of a fan either. I, just, I don't know. It's just how she talks. I can't stand it. Uh, Julianne Moore, Angelina Jolie, Kate Winslet. Now we're getting into Julia Roberts and Reese Witherspoon. I you know it seems like more the females play themselves than the males are a little bit more unless you're Meryl Streep unless you're Meryl Streep, that's true, which I'm not a huge fan. And Meryl Streep, yeah, I just never saw a lot with her not to say that she the, I yeah you're that. not
1: you probably won't watch her movies. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I like explosions, man. Yeah, she's done a lot of. I
0: like listen nudity, sex, violence. That's my you know language. You're That's such a
1: cynophile.
0: Yeah, like I like I admit it. Like I when when it come when the when the uh, content warning comes on when I'm watching an HBO movie or something I'm like, what's this? And it's like PG, and I'm like, eh, skip. But if it's like violence, you know, sex, language, I'm like, deal me in. Let's see what's happening here. I'm gonna give this shiny button a push. That's just me, man. I'm just simple minded. You know that. I mean, there's there's no
1: two ways about it. You have to see a movie with Daniel Day Lewis in it.
0: Um Winnie in Gangs of New York.
1: Yeah, he was Bill yeah. the Butcher.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was getting that. Yeah, he's I think there's I think there are actors that uh, cinema people uh, just freaking love. I mean I think he's just one of them. Like, I don't know that the average person's like, yes, Daniel Day-Lewis. I think, I think people who really yeah, care but he up- fits
1: he fits your description of what a great actor is better than anybody well, then, else.
0: Then I should give him a try. Mm-hmm. I admit that the there will be blood. I heard was good, right?
1: Yeah, he's in there. Will be blood. He's yeah, Lincoln. I need to watch. He's that. incredible as Lincoln.
0: I didn't see that. I saw Lincoln the Vampire Hunter, which was great.
1: No, it wasn't. It was terrible.
0: <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: You watched Lincoln, the Vampire Hunter.
0: And I watched not Link, Lincoln, and the, not Lincoln. I went to the movies to see Lincoln, the Vampire Hunter. Of wow. course you did. I paid to see that. He's a vampire hunter who's the president in the middle of the Civil War. What's there not to like?
1: So the Civil War is not enough for you. There needs to be vampires. Oh God, yeah! On top of the bloodiest war God, in yeah. history,
0: dude. Like, come on, man. When when Lincoln. All you have
1: to do is show the Civil War.
0: Oh, I don't know. You know, I'm not a big Civil War guy. I just, it's just, it's been a little bit interesting to me, but not majorly interesting. I like, I think the American Revolution is a lot more interesting to me. Like, I, I, I don't know. Civil War's never been maybe it's because I'm from the South and there's been a lot of talk about civil wars and, and whatnot, but I just tune out on civil war. I don't know why I just do. I've, I've done my due diligence. I got it. I got one of those history time life books at the checkout a couple of years ago. And I was like, I'm, you know, I get
1: Gettys- Gettysburg, the most important battle. And here we go. The Western hemisphere history lesson that changed, Mm-hmm. The Western Hemisphere forever. You know why it happened?
0: Uh, go ahead.
1: Because some Confederate soldiers marched into Gettysburg because they needed some shoes, and the most important battle in the his- in the Western Hemisphere occurred because they wanted some shoes.
0: Well, that's there you how go.
1: crazy.
0: Oh, no, doubt. no doubt. I mean, no doubt. I mean, it's an interesting topic, uh, you know, and all that. I just, I've never, I've never sought out civil war stuff. I mean, it just, I don't know. Uh, you know, I went to the cyclorama, which is a, a painting of the civil war. You, it goes around and, your
1: seats. And you know why Gettysburg was so important.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, seventh grade, I have to go back and remember, but sure. I mean, it's just not.
1: If thing. the South would have won that battle, the war is over.
0: Yeah, because they were kind of winning at that point. The union was in between
1: Lee's Army and Washington.
0: There you go.
1: And if they had overrun, and they came that close to overrunning it.
0: Have you ever seen The Patriot with Mel Gibson? It's terrible. Oh, my God. What? It has no history. Oh, my God. Alive. This is it. None. We're done. We're None. done. We're done. We're done. Podcast divorce happening now. I'm filing. No, uh, the Patriots, the shit, man. Come on, man, the Patriot dude, because they have their mop, uh, 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 tomahawk and just starts taking control. Like, no, dude, come on.
1: Yeah, because Washington's army being hemmed in uh, on
0: the Hudson. It's got to have some historical value before it makes uh, any sense. Yeah, because this
1: is, this is way more interesting. Uh, they're they're hemmed in in the Hudson Valley in the Hudson River. By a naval, a British stockade. We're losing They have to cross the Hudson no. to survive. Right. And there's no way they can do it. A fog rolls in. Protects them. And protects them, and they're able to cross the Hudson and get away from the Redcoats.
0: You know, Newt Gingrich wrote a book. That
1: close to losing the revolution right there.
0: On a serious note, Newt Gingrich <laughs> wrote a book about all that.
1: Yeah, he's written several.
0: Yeah, and, and um, I didn't read it. But history I heard it was is the
1: way day. more interesting. Yeah, I don't know why they don't.
0: Fact is better. I energy. get it, but I also like to see Mel Gibson with two tomahawks taking care of business and an explosion behind him, like cannonballs exploding in the ground right behind him, and people just covered in blood, just freaking going to town. That's that's what I'm interested in. So I'm I'm more of an American Revolutionary kind of guy, but you know, first twenty minutes,
1: first twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan.
0: I've never seen Saving Private
1: Ryan. Oh my god! I know the voice is final. Yep. And file it now. File it you, now. if you like action sequences. I'm, I'm there ask is nothing
0: for both microphones. There is nothing.
1: <laughs> there is no action sequence in the history of film that even comes close than the first twenty minutes of thirty minutes now, of Saving Private Ryan. I,
0: I now, <laughs> if
1: you like explosions and you like limbs being blown off I'm and weird, people dude. looking at weird. their looking at their own severed arm. On the normandy beach and picking it up because they don't know what to do
0: i am not a movie war guy I, I know i know i know i know i gotta change who i am i know i gotta change who i am i know i know but it's explosions I, it's blood. I'm just not a war movie guy you know, I know that sounds weird, man. I don't. I don't know many war movies. I really was like, oh yeah, I gotta see it. Like, I've never seen like American Sniper or anything like that. Like,
1: they're coming in on the boats, and the camera's <laughs> sitting right behind <laughs> their heads. It's gonna get going. And the door drops down to Normandy.
0: All right, I will. And watch they it.
1: just get. I
0: will watch comes it. Comes through, and they're all massacred. I will watch it. I will watch it. I don't know how we got here from transgenderism, but that's kind of what the show is, isn't it? Yeah. blathering 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 Blathering. blather man that's what we do uh no i i'm just not a movie war movie guy i I need to change who i am i know but i don't know what it is it's just never been that interesting it's like sci-fi like i wasn't really into sci-fi and then like as i got older i'm like yeah you know it's interesting now i think i think i'm really late to a lot of things honestly i'm a late bloomer I'm a grower, not a shower, so I've got to like uh, grow to that point of of showing out, and then I can see what I want to see. But until that time, man, I just uh, have to wait for my brain to catch up. I just
1: Saving Private uh, Ryan. Um, oh my God, the list is endless.
0: Yeah, I, I do need to see that. Uh, I heard Band of Brothers is good too. I need to watch that. But it's anyway. great. Anyway, uh, yeah. So we'll see what happens with this transgender thing. It's probably. Not going to be a huge deal, let's hope, but um, we'll see. Um, As far as we've discovered that male actors are deservingly paid well versus female actors, according to Wick. And I know I I didn't say that. Ah,
1: got you. I said that's what the market dictates. That's what the market dictates.
0: He did say that before you get angry. Um, But listen, man, I think it's time to show. What if they're co stars now? You know,
1: what's that? If they're both equal draws, it should be even.
0: Yeah, but I mean, who's an equal draw? Well, I guess it depends on who you're talking about. Right? It happens
1: more now, yeah. Like, Because you need more than one movie store.
0: To carry a movie thanks to Marvel.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, can't just have one person. Got to have a whole crew of everybody making $20 million. They don't make that anymore. Unless you're Robert million. Downey. How, I wonder how much they do get paid for those. I'm, I'm sure it's...
1: Well, they get back in points, which is where all the money.
0: Uh, I oh, know Oh yeah, Tom yeah. Hanks, they get box office share, don't they?
1: Yeah, I think Tom yeah. Hanks wound up making almost a hundred million off of um, Saving
0: Private Ryan. Off of GameStop stock, hundred million. Yep, that's what he made on GameStop.
1: Oh, wow. I think he's a. I think he's a trillionaire.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So that that goes to show you, man. Get out there and get your uh, GameStop stock, AMC. Buy some AMC because I got some of that. I need that to pump up tom- tomorrow for me. Uh, Wick, is there anything you want to add to this? Nope, I'm done. I'm good. You're done with everything. Are we divorcing? We'll talk about it later. I'll talk about- I think there needs to be a cool off period for us. Maybe meet with a mediator who can discuss what we both feel, how we feel. Maybe You know what? What we need to is go to like a podcast counseling um, session. Maybe sit down.
1: It'll be like that documentary, uh, the
0: Metallica documentary. Hey, <laughs> right, where the guy of. the guy that was overpaid that came in and was like, Well, wait, hold on, yeah. let's see let's see and how the, uh, James Hetfeld feels about this because he's the guy paying me. <laughs> and know? then
1: he wouldn't leave <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're like, can you go? <laughs> yeah.
1: And he had given up his entire practice to just be their sole counselor.
0: I mean how much was he getting paid to do that though? I'm sure a lot. Seven figures? Probably, you know. yeah. Probably well worth leaving your practice to just hang around Metallica and Listen to them discuss music. while they throw fits? That's all dysfunctional anyway. I mean, the best bands in the best bands in the world are dysfunctional. Well,
1: that's Obviously. why they make great music.
0: Right. I mean, you got to have somebody who has some kind of drug addiction or problem. When they get sober, they're not any good anymore. Let's just be honest. No. You know. I mean, there's got to be some um, turmoil.
1: I can't. The only example I can think of is John Coltrane.
0: What's the example?
1: He got sober and got better.
0: Oh, really? Oh yeah, a John Coltrane guy. So we're discovering I don't have a lot of cultural diversity. You're going to have to expand your musical palette. I know. I got to expand my my movies. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You've been listening to the Dukes of Blather. I'm Sam. That's Wick. Uh, don't forget that we have Facebook pages. We have Twitters. We have Podbean. We have iTunes, Amazon. We are Spotify. We are Google Play. We're everywhere. So please go and download Everywhere us. Everywhere you want to be. Everywhere iPod. you want to be. Yeah, I We'll get sued for that. Um, but no, it's, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having a good time with us. We always enjoy it. We'll see you next week with some kind of uh, shenanigans we'll come up with. You know, so tell your friends, tell your enemies, we're out here and uh, download us and keep listening. We appreciate all the support we're getting. We're getting an increase in downloads, which has been nice. And join us on our Facebook because we always release We're big our- in Japan. Yeah, we're huge in Japan, man probably we're going to get our retirement here in a couple of years uh thanks everybody go buy your stock and enjoy it get rich and uh sell it off and go buy something you don't deserve thanks everybody for listening i'm sam that's wick you're listening to the